It's been over 20 years since we got the last Dungeons and Dragons big screen adaptation. And now in 2023, we have a new adaptation from the guys who bought us the Vacation Remake and Game Night. Is it worth your time? Have a listen and find out. Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pado, and today I'll be covering Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, uh, which is brought to us by the team behind such films as Game Night and uh, the 2015 Vacation reboot, uh, which was an interesting film. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of the National Lampoon's uh, original uh, films. Uh, Vacation is one of the best comedies ever made. Uh, but yeah, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein are the gentlemen um, who are behind this film. They wrote and directed it. Uh, and look, I am a big fan of what they did with Game Night. I've talked briefly about Game Night before, and maybe one day I'll do a bit more of an in-depth review. But it was a film that was surprisingly good and had you know way better visuals and performances and yeah look the film was way better than it deserved to be like a a comedy starring Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman about a game night gone wrong sounds run-of-the-mill sounds exactly like vacation you know that I I don't even know like those you know raunchy kind of comedies that came out in that mid 2000s to 2012 it felt dated but then we got this film and it was fantastic so Seeing that they were involved with a Dungeons and Dragons film, I was intrigued, uh, and mainly because the two thousands film was terrible. Uh, it's a really fun movie to watch with friends because it is so misguided. Uh, it, it is completely just—it's awful. It's an awful, awful movie. Uh, you know, it has one of the best hammy, terrible performances of all time with Je- with Jeremy Irons. He's fantastic in the film in a really, really bad way. Uh, but look, I, I was looking forward to this film mainly because of the talent involved. Uh, I'm a big Chris Pine fan too. I feel like when he lends himself to, you know, these types of films, the Star Trek films, say what you will about them if you're an original Star Trek fan. Uh, he is incredibly charismatic and charming as uh, Captain Kirk, and I really like him as a performer. Uh, he stole most of the movie as Steve Trevor in that Wonder Woman movie, and it's all, you know, kind of terrible sequel. Uh, But look, I I really like him. I think he's a really talented actor. And him leading a really interesting cast here. We have Justice Smith, uh, who was in Detective Pikachu. Uh, He was also in the Jurassic World sequels, uh, Dominion less so than he was in uh, Fallen Kingdom. But look, he's quite entertaining um, in this film. I think this is probably the best he's ever been. He's always like that comedic side, um, you know, comedic side character, a bit of, uh, you know, comedic relief, but he, he always falls flat for me and I actually kind of liked him here. Uh, and we have Sophia Lillis, uh, Sophia Lillis, sorry, uh, who's following up her turn in uh, the It films, of course, as Beverly. Uh, and she was in uh, Gretel and Hansel, which was a film I quite enjoyed, if you remember, um, when I reviewed that back in 2020. Uh, but look, I, I really like this ensemble and Michelle Rodriguez as well, uh, Hugh Grant. We just have a really talented cast here. Uh, we actually have a performance by Bradley Cooper, which I don't know if that's a spoiler or not because he wasn't in any of the marketing, but he turns up very briefly and I really loved that little cameo. That was really fun. Uh, but look, that's all I'm going to say before we get stuck into this review. So without further ado, let's go take it away, trailer. 
We're facing the greatest evil the world has ever known. We're gonna need a team. How are we gonna pull this off? Figure it out over a drink? Probably best. Dungeons and Dragons. So Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, like I said, was directed by Jonathan Francis, uh, sorry, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly uh, and stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, uh, Reggie Jean Page and Hugh Grant. And the film follows a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers as they embark on a quest to retrieve a lost relic. But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Uh, So the film essentially starts with our two main characters um, both in prison. Uh, So these are, uh, of course, played by uh, Chris Pine. So we had Edgen uh, and Michelle Rodriguez. Um, and the two of them are just, yeah, that they're, they're um, in um, prison and we get a bit of a fun uh, sequence at the start of the film where it looks like a big bad's being introduced and they're being taken to the cell and then Michelle Rodriguez just makes complete mints of him and, and breaks his legs and knocks him out, which is fantastic. Uh, then we get a really fun sequence that gives our characters backstories, which is very Dungeons and Dragony. if you've ever played the game. Uh, and yeah, we essentially get the backstory of how they ended up there and then we, it leads to a fun uh, breakout sequence and then the, the story ensues from there. But it was a really interesting film in terms of the way that it was set up because this is a flat-out comedy uh, which is kind of not what they told us with the marketing of the film. So the, the film definitely comes across as more of a, um, you know, a straightforward adventure film uh, with fantasy elements thrown throughout. But it's not really that at all. It's more of a uh, comedy with fantasy elements thrown in throughout. So it's really interesting from that perspective because the marketing team didn't really go down that route. Um, because of the talents involved, I knew that there was going to be some form of comedy uh, thrown in there. Uh, I mean, after the the widely reported upon uh, uh, Lord and, and Miller uh, cut of Han Solo uh, back in 2018, where the two of them were fired off that film uh, and replaced with Ron Howard. Uh, the duo was obviously responsible for the Jump Street films as well as the Lego movie. And for some reason, Kathleen Kennedy and the Star Wars board were surprised when they made a comedy, uh, which is baffling to me. I don't know why you hire two comedy writers that make a comedy uh, film and then yeah, the, the, then you're displeased with the finished product. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was uh, expecting the same here. Um, you hire two comedic uh, filmmakers and they made a comedy film, um, but it works in all the right ways. Uh, this was one of the more entertaining films I've seen on the big screen this year, uh, and one of the best big, large blockbuster films I've seen in recent years. Uh, I thought this film was excellent. It had everything I was hoping it would, uh, which is just really a fun adventure film. Um, we have some really funny jokes, like laugh-out-loud moments uh, in this flick, and I was really surprised at that because... Comedy is subjective. 
very rarely does you know a, a comedic beat hit with an entire audience. The Marvel films always paint their comedy with a very broad brush. It's the easiest way to get their audience on side by having a few laughs. Uh, I saw it in a more of an intimate screening. There was only about 20, 25 people there, which is still fairly good for a film in its second week of release. But uh, every single time uh, some of these comedic beats hit, it was just hilarious, really funny. Uh, there's some really good references to the game itself. There's a fantastic sequence uh, where they have to go to the the Underdark, um, which is essentially the underworld to retrieve this relic. Uh, and our our main mage uh, character, um, Zank, um, who's one of the Harpers, which is a group that, um, that uh, Chris Pine's character was a part of, um, which is a whole backstory, which I won't get into the nitty-gritty of all of that because I enjoyed all of the lore. It was really easily set up and really easily digestible because at the end of the day, it's not the important part of the story. The important part is these characters, this unlikely group of characters taking down a big bad. Um, but essentially, we get this sequence in the Underdark where Zank's explaining how they have to get across and it's very reminiscent of the game, you know, where someone will roll something and tell you, you know, what they need to do to get to the next part of the quest uh, and it's completely um, undercut with a joke uh, where Justice Smith completely fucks it up and I really enjoyed that because that's the way that you bring in those references. Uh, you don't want to alienate any of your audience because I think you want to invite people who haven't played Dungeons & Dragons before into this world. Um, and I guess people are sort of starved for this type of content as well. Um, you know, we, we have superhero films and, and that's really it in terms of blockbusters these days. Now, I understand that we have Avatar, um, you know, The Way of Water and Top Gun Maverick, which made, you know, over, you know, two billion and one point five billion dollars respectively. But I'm talking more about these popcorn movies that don't have much substance to them in terms of, you know, that they're not going to leave you um, after the film questioning your own existence, you know, or or trying to piece the puzzle together with like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This film is really just a, a one and done in terms of the story that it's telling, because you could easily go down a route, um, you know, following different a different group of characters. Whilst I really love these characters, I'd be completely fine with a new ensemble with a sequel down the track. Um, and, and it really depends on the box office performance of this film. I think it's tracking pretty well at the moment. I think it's just shy of $200 million worldwide, but $65 million in the US isn't anything to harp on about. So fingers crossed that it can pick up a bit of momentum even when it's released on Paramount Plus or whatever streaming service it goes to. Uh, but I, I really did enjoy the way that this film just was focused on telling a story and focused solely on that. Uh, there's no real spin-off or sequel bait during the film. You know, you could easily say that there is, but, you know, I, I really found that it was really contained and looking at these characters. Um, I thought Hugh Grant was really good here too. Now, I know he's an asshole in real life. Uh, we saw that red carpet awkward interview with E.T., um, which was really, really off-putting. Uh, but he is, you know, that aside, he is always a really entertaining performer and he brings that gravitas to this film again. Um, and his performances in recent years with Operation Fortune and The Gentleman and now uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, uh, he's seeming to take the piss out of himself a little more, which I'm really enjoying. I quite like seeing an actor of his caliber, you know, take a step back and, and poke a bit of fun at himself. Um, he's notoriously difficult to work with, but, you know, he seems to have struck a chord with 
uh, Guy Ritchie being in two of his three recent films uh, and now being in this film with two comedic directors. So he's obviously patched over whatever issues he was working through back in the day when he was notoriously difficult to work with. Uh, but I thought that he was really entertaining here. I really enjoyed his character. Um, there's some fantastic com- uh, comedic beats that come from his character. Uh, a great sequence at the start of the film involving a cup of tea, which I thought was funny and hilarious and really well uh, done. But I, I, I just enjoy seeing him take on these types of roles and I would actually like to see more of him on the big screen because I think that he does bring that charm and charisma and he brings in a different audience as well, which I really enjoy um, but going back to our core group of characters, I, I think Chris Pine is actually fantastic here. I think he is really wonderful as a leading man. Um, it stirred up that whole argument again for me of who is the best Chris. I, I think this puts it to bed. I, I really do think that he is the best Chris. Uh, Hemsworth is talented and quite charming and funny as well. But when he plays that stoic character, I find all of his performances really blend into one. And I'm talking about that... Um, spider head film i'm talking about extraction i'm talking about black hat i'm talking about red dawn i'm talking about all of those movies that just sort of culminate into one thing for me um chris evans is really entertaining i I talked about that last year when he was in the gray man um you know he plays the stoic well with captain america but then when he was doing you know that fun villainous role just chewing up the scenery in uh, the gray man which was a film i didn't really like but i did really enjoy his performance Um, but at the end of the day, I just don't think that he has that, um, you know, that charm or that wit that, uh, Chris Pine brings to a performance. And that leads us to the last Chris, which is Chris Pratt. And I'm just tired of Chris Pratt. I think we were oversaturated for, with him, you know, for a good five years there. Um, you know, the Mario casting was probably the, the cherry on top. Now I'm not going to talk about that. I, I just always thought that that piece of casting, regardless if he does a good job at all, I just thought it was really lazy casting, considering that there was some inspired casting in there as well. Um, but that's a conversation for a different time. But going back to that discussion, I just feel like Chris Pine is the best Hollywood Chris at the moment. I just really enjoy the performances that he gives out. Uh, whilst Don't Murray Darling wasn't very good and I didn't really like that film at all, I thought that his performance in that film was next level and he definitely was the better performer in that film. Uh, but I really do enjoy um, him in this film. He feels like a, a live-action um, Finn Rider from from Tangled, and I, I'm stealing that from um, a, a YouTuber, John Flickinger, who tweeted about this, and I, I totally agree with him. He, he, he honestly does embody that charm, wit, and a bit of that, um, you know, that... Uh, I, I, I don't know, there's just like a bit of buggery about him, you know? Like, he, he just comes across as that kind of character that's a bit... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That this is something about him. You know, he's he's a bit of a sleaze. He's a bit of a bit of a scumbag. But at the end of the day, he would probably do the right thing if if you know the right circumstances present themselves. And I really enjoyed that character. Um, we've seen it a billion times before, and you know, Chris Pine just brings something else to it. And I just really enjoyed that about his performance here. I just thought he was really entertaining and and really really good to see him in this type of film again. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez surprised me. Um, I'm not a huge fan of her work. I always think that she's quite, you know, the same. There's a lot of muchness to her performances. And I I feel like here she's given a bit more to do in terms of she's a bit more fun. 
Uh, in the Fast and the Furious movie, she's a wet blanket. And, uh, like, I mean, everyone is in those films except Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson. They're the only two that have any kind of personality in those movies. Um, I just think that she's better utilized in this type of film. And it's fun to see her in, like, a fantasy, um, you know, kind of film because we're used to seeing her in those Fast and the Furious movies, which, you know, are semi-grounded in reality in terms of the earlier films where it's just about street racing now that's just gone to, to shit. Um, but I do enjoy seeing her uh, in this type of role. I think that she's really entertaining and she lends herself to the physicality that's required. Um, there's some pretty awesome action set pieces with her as the centerpiece of those sequences and she just kicks ass. She's fantastic. I really, really enjoyed her in this movie um, and, yeah, I, I thought she was great. I briefly touched on Justice Smith in my intro. Um, I thought he was quite entertaining here um, as the comedic side kick. Um, he doesn't bring anything new that we haven't seen from him before. Like I said, uh, some of his performances have become quite grating to me. I thought he was awful in Fallen Kingdom, and I I truly mean that. I I think he was terrible in that movie. Um, And it's a shame because he is like a talented actor, um, and he does have, you know, that that charm and wit about him, but like he was really, really annoying uh, in those Jurassic Park films, the second one as well, because he was like promoted to like a CIA agent or some shit, and he's just awful. Um, but the Detective Pikachu movie, um, he was quite charming in, and that was a very disposable film, but I thought he was quite entertaining in that movie. Uh, but I really enjoyed seeing him in this film because his character has a bit more depth to him. Um, he's a bit of a down-on-his-luck um you know, wizard, and and I I really enjoyed seeing that um, progression of his character because I guess he's kind of the heart of the film too, and he's sort of, um, you know, that will the heart sort of torn between our three leads really, um, but I I did really enjoy his character, and um, I found him to be quite relatable and charming, um, which is something that I wasn't used to seeing from him because he hasn't been fantastic in recent films. Uh, Sophia Lillis is really good here as well. Um, she continues to show that she is a talented young actress. Um, I enjoyed her in the It films. I thought her performance as Beverly was actually one of the better um, from the kids in the Losers Club. And it's hard because that whole cast is quite talented, but um, she was really good in that movie um, and its sequel uh, for the brief performance that she gave in It as well, It Chapter 2. Uh, but I really enjoyed her here. Um, I thought she was really fun. Her character is a shapeshifter. Um, which leads to a couple of really good set pieces. Um, There is a sequence with them trying to infiltrate this vault and trying to get some data um, to, you know, or some some, um, information to to really, um, you know, put this whole plan into action. And that whole sequence was just so much fun with her changing from different characters. Um, It was really entertaining. Um, some of my complaints, uh, I, I enjoyed um, the, the practical nature of a lot of the effects, uh, but when CGI was used, again, I've complained about this in recent films, um, it's not very good. Um, there's a sequence where um, the, the, our core group of characters um, are competing in like these games and they have to run through a maze. We have these panther creatures that are really poorly designed, they don't look very good, um, but that's sort of the only CGI that's bad because there's some CGI with some dragon characters that look really good, um, especially a sequence um, with this uh, statue that's turned into a um, to a living creature. Um, and one of the things I was impressed, and I think it's a combination of both the, the visual effects but also the sound design, um, it sold how heavy and big this thing is um, for me. Like I kept thinking of like, oh, if that thing touches you, it's going to hurt because it's like being a rock being thrown at you. 
Uh, and I really enjoyed that part of the film, like in terms of the character designs and stuff. Uh, there's a great sequence at the start of the film which got me excited because it was on a real set and we had a group of characters that were all, um, you know, practical effects and all wearing like suits and stuff and I really enjoyed all of that. Um, some really fun character designs too, which I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, it's it's mainly the the landscapes and locations of CGI that I found that I have the most issues with. Um, it no by no means looks as bad as like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania where it looks like Paul Rudd is on a treadmill in front of a blue screen. doesn't look nearly as bad as that, but it's just noticeable. And I think that's probably my biggest thing with these types of films is because when you see it done right, um, you know, it's where you're not focusing on those little details and you're just swept up because the location looks real. Uh, it's when it's done poorly or, you know, maybe not enough time's been given or something like that. That's when I find it to be annoying. Um, but I, I, I find Marvel is easily the biggest culprit um, in terms of showcasing some of those terrible visuals because I've complained about it many times before, but I, I absolutely hate, absolutely hate um, the way some of those films look. I, I think they're lazy and it's really poor. Um, I don't blame, again, the CGI artists because that's, an, again, a conversation for another time, but um, the way that CGI artists are treated in Hollywood is quite poor, so... No, by no means blame them. They're obviously not given enough resources, time, money, all of the above. But I just found that in this film, uh, in particular, just some of those sequences were noticeable. But really, that's all I have to complain about. I, I honestly think that this film is just a complete blast to watch from start to finish. Uh, the, the pacing is really good. Uh, the action sequences are sprinkled far enough throughout that it just remains entertaining. Uh, and there's enough here you know, to please a broad scope of people as well. I found myself to be really swept up in the film, but I can see as well, um, you know, uh, kids, families, everyone will just really get something out of this film. And I really enjoyed that about it. Um, but overall, yeah, guys, this is a really entertaining film and one of the better times I've had in a cinema this year so far. Um, the audience was respectful, which is always a plus, especially after that Scream 6 uh, experience that I discussed a few weeks back. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this one, guys, and would highly recommend it. Um, yeah, look, 2023 is shaping up to be quite a good year for, for film. With this, among others, I've, I've had a really good time. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. Uh, I think it's a really fun film, and I can't wait to watch it again, honestly. I think it's going to be one that I um, watch, you know, like a comfort movie. Uh, it's the perfect comfort movie because it's fun, charming, and there's a lot to love here. But like I said, yeah, it's been a really good start to the year. 2023 has offered the goods. Uh, there's been some really entertaining films, um, even the bad ones I've enjoyed. So I'm just finding myself to be really swept up in, in what we're being given at the moment. And I'm looking forward to more of these types of experiences in the cinema. This is why we go to the big screen, you know, to see these types of films. And I'm really enjoying some of these exclusive to theater releases. Um, you know, I have no interest in seeing the Super Mario Bros. movie. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but at the moment, it's, it's not on my list. So for those asking me my opinions on it, still haven't seen it. Uh, maybe I'll get to it, but it's really not high on my priority list. Uh, but look, guys, that brings this review to a close. Thank you again for listening. Uh, stay tuned for more content coming at you very shortly. But until next time, guys, peace out.